0: how we doing how we been welcome back to the space with spo show on today's episode i'm going to give y'all some updates with starship and its new test flights we will then have the return of the look up bitch segment and today's interview is with the one and only actress model and space influencer Kupana Pot. so go ahead and sit back relax and enjoy the ride.
1: The dash is you The schedule busy. My head in a hoodie, my shorty a goodie. My cousins are crazy. My cousins like Boogie. Life is amazing. It is what it should be. Been here for 10, but I feel like a rookie. I tell her, Look up, 'cause it's snowing in Tussies. Well for three years, man. You can't even book me. It's me and little baby going live from Murray Hill, Manhattan. You are now listening to Space Woods.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, it is an honor to introduce a very special guest that we have here with us today. She is an actress, a model, a space nerd who hosts the Talk Nerdy to Me TikTok account. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a very warm welcome to Kopana Pot. Thank you so
1: much for having me. Uh, I'm happy to be here, guys. I'm always down to talk about anything that's space nerdy related, so I'm happy to be here.
0: We are happy to have you. The first question of the day, I have to ask you, how you doing? How you been?
1: (laughs) I love it with the uh, East Coast accent as well. Uh, I'm doing really well. I'm enjoying, you know, St. Paddy's Day, although I haven't started yet. I will later on in the day. Uh, But doing well, you know, really nothing to complain about right now in life. So everything's good. Just chilling, chilling at home.
0: That is great to hear. Happy St. Patty's Day! I'm a big fan myself. It's unfortunate it fell on a Wednesday this year, but you know, what I know,
1: do do? I know. What are you gonna do? <laughs> anyway,
0: so why don't we dive straight into it? Why don't you tell the people a little bit about yourself? We'll get into the TikTok after this, but how did you get started with your love for space? And why don't you tell us a little bit about your story?
1: Sure. So people have asked me that before, and I always say I have a very boring answer because there's not one definitive moment that made me a space lover it's like one thing if i have to get spiritual which i'm not really at all but if i had to this would be one thing that would contradict my somewhat non-spiritualities because i truly feel like loving space is just a part of my soul like it's just something that was always innate in me there's not one defining moment that made me love it it was just a fascination since as far back as i can remember i think you know just pondering what's out there and the literally anything being possible, the mysteries of the universe and the mind blowing facts about it. I think I actually don't understand how people aren't interested, but I guess there are, but I'm certainly the opposite. It's just a part of who I am would be the generic answer.
0: Got it. Got it. Now, now the actress part of you started Mm -hmm. way before your love for space or around the same time?
1: It kind of was all probably the same time, Um, like as much as I love space. I'm also a performing artist, but because I grew up singing and dancing. And so I was like, oh, let me be an actor. (laughs) Uh, So the arts was always a part of who I was, too, because I come I'm the youngest of three girls Mm -hmm. and uh, out of my sisters and I, I was the only one who had any musical or dancing ability. So coming from like an Indian household too, where parents pressure you for like excellence and everything that you do, Mm -hmm. debilitatingly so. My mom like forced me into music and dance. I'm grateful for it now. As a kid, obviously you're like, you don't wanna ever be doing anything you're told to do. But I'm very glad I cultivated those skills because it did lead me to finding my interest in wanting to be an actor as well. So it kind of was all at the same time. But to be honest, as much as like astronomy seems to be divided only into a science, it is very much a philosophy and art On its own. So I feel like the arts and the science really go hand in hand.
0: I know. And now you are mixing this on a TikTok channel that is called (laughs) Talk Nerdy to Me, which is an incredible name for the show. Why don't you talk a little bit about what you're doing on TikTok?
1: Thank you. Yeah. So I started, I joined TikTok probably last May, maybe end of April. And it's because I already had a somewhat decent presence on Instagram, but with the pandemic, everything happening, it kind of just gave you perspective and you got sick of the petty fake crap of Instagram because everything is so fake and airbrushed. And so I was like, let me just finally join this thing called TikTok that I hesitated for a long time. I'm a contrarian for a while. And then I eventually give in. And so, cause I was like, I'm tired of being fake. I just want to talk and be myself. And there's literally no editing that can be done because it's video. So let me just talk about something that I love, which is space. So I joined it and it went through a couple of names. I think it was like astronomy with KP, which is my initials and whatever. And then I was like, I like play on words. And so I was like, talk T-O-K nerdy to me. And now it's just kind of stuck with that, which I think I'm good with it. Honestly, I think it's a great name because it doesn't just limit you to astronomy like if I ever want to start talking about something else I uh-huh. kind of can um, and I just loved it it I took to it pretty quickly and then like in less than a year recently hitting 100k it's just been a good time and uh and it might it surprised me that I was so naive that I was going to be attacked by like flat earthers when I started, I had no idea why I didn't think that a platform like TikTok would have a bunch of trolls. And they're probably the worst trolls of all social media is TikTok. And I don't know why I did not think that that was going to happen. Like the thought never crossed my head. So that was pretty jarring at first. And I would be extra defensive and like really shit on them. And now like, I just kind of laugh, but then because of that happening, i like further uh, what's the word? It made me stronger in my conviction to actually keep doing what I was doing, talking about space and science, because there's a self-righteous duty that I feel like I have to fight against anti-science. And uh, TikTok is somewhat providing that platform. So yeah.
0: And I I love everything about your TikTok. I love how it's very similar to something that I'm doing. You're being yourself. You're not afraid to use curse words. And that's one of my favorite parts about following your account is that you're real. How important do you think it is for more people in the space industry to rip off that filter when you're learning about space and science?
1: Yeah, I genuinely do, especially because we've gotten to a point where anti-science is posing a real threat to society with like anti-vax bullshit. Uh, just it's flat earth I feel like is a gateway into all this other anti straight up bullshit as I said in a recent video I refuse to even call them conspiracy theories because they're not theories theory signifies that there's facts and evidence this is just bullshit so uh, I think it would be lovely for people who are full-time in these positions like let's say NASA to speak as bluntly as we do I understand why they wouldn't though because it's like a more professional setting. Like for me, you know, acting is what I primarily do and space is what I love. So I have nothing to lose by speaking this way. I'm not going to lose a job or whatever. You know what I mean? It would be nice if they do. uh, But I understand that they're not going to like curse out a flat earther. But in a way, sometimes they do it more dignified because they'll just present them with facts in a very respectful way. And that sometimes maybe even hurts a little more. But for me, I get hotheaded quickly. So like, I can't, I can't help it, but be such a bitch to these people. So, I, I love. Some <laughs> I don't of care.
0: The, yeah, I love some of the videos that you, you know, address them and you're like, I'm not going to talk about it. Actually, yeah, we are. And then like, you go right back at them. I think it's incredible. <laughs> yeah.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. Because, you know, there's a lot of Astro people on this platform and they're all so like kind and respectful. I mean, they'll certainly like kill you with facts but mm-hmm. the way they do it is not as you know bitching you out like I do but this is again what they do and I totally understand if they don't want to like risk even getting kicked out of their grad school programs if they if somebody gets to know that they're like cursing people out I can see the risk that poses, but for me I don't give a shit so I can speak on behalf of them for what they want to say but can't
0: <laughs> the world needs you the world needs you right now you know <laughs> thank you so Happy Quantum Week, number one. Your uh, new Thank quantum you. videos are out right now. If you guys want to go watch them on TikTok, they're incredible. You are very intelligent and you really know your shit. Do you have you had this information your entire life, and have you always been like the you know smart in the sense of like really getting down to like the logistics of the space stuff, or do you kind of learn as you go right now?
1: Yeah, um, there's a lot about space. Let's say in like the classical Newtonian world, and what that means is like shit that we learn in high school. You know what I mean, like just the way the universe is that uh, that's probably always just been ingrained in my head because that's what you learn. And also with that being said, I feel like I retain these facts and information more because it is something I'm interested in. So when you're somewhat self-taught, I think it kind of imprints on your brain a little differently because you approach it with an interest as opposed to like, I have to hit this midterm and score an A. So then you forget everything you learned just cause you're memorizing. Uh, with quantum it's something I've been interested in since last year and Sean Carroll who I refer to who is that book on the side it's called something deeply hidden he is a quantum theorist yeah that's the right word uh what the hell it's a theoretical physicist sorry at Caltech Yeah, he's a quantum guy like he's who you think of when you think of quantum because he's a rare kind who's highly academic but also sociable and communicate well normally you don't really get that combination and so i've been referring a lot to him to understand quantum because it's this week has been like a mind fuck because of just trying to like make sure i understand it well enough to even relay it plus i have a 59 second limit on these videos it's been exhausting um but quantum is just it's so interesting and so i'm trying to relay information that they themselves don't even fully understand. So it's, it's a tough one for sure.
0: And at yes. the end of the day, it, you're right. It doesn't feel like work when you're doing something that you love, you know, whether it's whether I'm yeah. filming or editing, like it doesn't necessarily feel like work and you'd be surprised, you know, the app, like it, sleep doesn't even matter, you know, when you're worried about, mm-hmm. you know, getting, getting some good content out there. So it doesn't, it doesn't feel like work to you, huh? Yeah,
1: not really. I think um, there are times where I'll have to listen to something or read something that he's written multiple times to really understand it. And it like, you feel the pressure on your brain just because it's an overload of information. But when it comes to actually like recording it and getting it out, plus you get to do the fun green screen stuff and all that. I enjoy all of that so much. And these videos I've actually, I never do this, but because I have family visiting this week, I don't get the silence in the house. I normally would like to. So I pre-recorded all of my quantum stuff for the week. So this past weekend when I knocked them all out of the way, because I normally do it daily this time I did it all at once. I'm like, mentally exhausted, but at least I'm done for the week. But certainly for a lot of things that I thought I understood when it has to be conveyed, that's like a different ballgame. So I really had to reread, rewatch, relearn everything to make sure I was saying what I was saying. And to be honest, some of the shit I say might be wrong, but with quantum, because not really anything is known, I can get away with it.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. you're keeping me as well. So thank you for uh, for the coffee. Oh, of
1: course. Oh, you're welcome. And I will take that back. I won't say that not, every, not anything is known. These people are brilliant and they know things I will never comprehend. Like you see some of these equations. I'm like, I don't even, I've never seen some of these symbols before in my life. But like Sean Carroll says, it's like you have an iPhone and you know how to use it. But if you were to take it apart, would you really know how to like, Make one, and that's what quantum is to these people. They have equations. They can explain how to use it because it's going to be the future of computers. But to truly understand its inner workings, like to replicate, that's where they don't really have an answer yet. So they know a lot, just not the inner workings. That's how I want to phrase that.
0: (laughs) That's what also makes it so exciting, for real.
1: Yeah, right. It's like it's. It seems like magical. I'm fascinated by the quantum world because it's something. That we just don't observe in everyday life. They they obey their own rules and it's it's truly just magic. And I think that's why it's so fascinating.
0: Incredible, incredible. Now let's jump over to the so your IMD starts around 2012. And would you consider 2012 like old Hollywood now? Because you know, it being 2021, I'm wondering how much has your life changed with the evolution of the internet, with you know, TikTok blowing up and with Instagram. Um, IGTV blowing up like how has your Hollywood career changed since you know TikTok is available and you could reach millions of people on your cell phone device
1: absolutely that's such a great question so I technically didn't really start acting until I moved to LA in like 2013 there's a couple of things that started in 2012 and one of them being that movie Parker it's because they shot in Ohio so I I was like let me go be an extra and Never again did I do extra work. Extra work sucks ass. And I'm lucky to be an actor that never had to rely on doing that again. So, but like my uh, first like soap opera gigs, which is where my career really started, uh, was more so the year after, I believe, if I remember correctly. But um, I actually, there's a lot of good and bad social media. I think overall social media has been damaging to society. But from like a, a creator and artist standpoint, it's very helpful for actors who actually know how to utilize it which is very few, unfortunately, because in an industry as an actor where you have such little control and there's no guarantees, you could have like poured your heart and soul into a role, but you didn't get it because you're too tall. Like literally that kind of shit happens and it does weigh heavily on your mind. You face rejection after rejection, such little control is given to you. Social media is essentially giving you power back. And so if you can be someone who, has millions of followers, eventually these people who you've spent years auditioning for can come to you. So I love the power that it gives you that way just to put your own voice out there so you're not catering yourself to anybody else. And if you can build enough clout, then they can come to you for stuff or you can create your own content, like literally short films or whatever art you wanna make. So I like that aspect of it. But with that being said, It's also saturating Hollywood in a way um, because what's kind of irritating is if you're not a trained actor but you have 20 million followers, you have a chance of being cast in a film but you don't know how to act for shit and so it takes away from the art. So if you can train in acting and you have a killer follower, you're like you're above everybody else at that point. But I do see that uh, to some degree because film already has been dying out, TV in a way might too. And like everything will just be people watching real people. And I don't wanna say that's always gonna be, that's gonna be for sure because art is needed and it'll always be there. And good quality storytelling with really gifted actors. There's nothing like that. There's nothing on a TikTok video someone can do that can provide that same level of outlet. So art will always be there. But uh, social media content, art, Uh, is becoming as important as the actual acting Hollywood itself. So it's changed quite a bit just because throughout my career, social media finally became important because in 2013, I don't even know if it was like Instagram was really around or if it was nobody gave a shit. But -hmm. now that kind of stuff matters. Also because producers are lazy and they're like, oh, if you have a million followers, that means this you're doing the marketing for us. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) from a business standpoint, it makes sense but like every movie that they've ever put an influencer in or every whatever has always been shit because they're not actors. So uh, for actors who are willing to put in the work to become prominent on social media, they have a leg up over everybody else who isn't.
0: Oh, for sure. And let's talk about the competition too, because it's like, I just started putting out YouTube videos. And now when I'm you know recording content and I'm putting it out there, I truly feel like I'm competing against, you know, like people who want to watch Star Wars. I'm competing with you know, television, you're basically if you know you're competing with any type of media that you can get on your device, right?
1: Right. Absolutely. So to even be someone uh, that people want to watch is very difficult. And it honestly it doesn't even have a rhyme or reason because sometimes the most popular pages, I'm like, what the fuck do people find appealing about this? They just happen to hit it big at the right time. Maybe they join the platform early or whatever, but it's not always at the best uh, most qualified people even have the best, the most attention. And so that's kind of the problem too. And social media has a habit of giving just really fucking idiots attention and making them popular. And that's, what's really annoying. (laughs) But, um, I think, I think it's just about sticking with it. Honestly, Uh, but otherwise I feel like there's no rhyme or reason. It doesn't pass my mind that most of my followers are male and they probably don't hear a goddamn word I say and they're just there to look at me, but like, whatever, (laughs) like I'm not, I'm aware of that being the thing. And then, so, you know, if you realize that that's part of your essence and your branding, then use it. So I think it's kind of finding what, your main branding and essences are, and then really playing it off of that. Mm -hmm. So even if you're like, Oh my God, I love space. And I really want this page to only be about that. But you're like a hot dude or a hot chick. Like, no, use, use that part of it too, because let's be real. That's, that's why they're there. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I can't wait till it's beach season and I can go back to the beach and start making some content outside by the water.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Oh, that's
0: Mm -hmm. great. That was actually super motivating too, because I only have like 400 followers on TikTok but I have a lot of engagement on Instagram. So I think I just need to focus on, like you said, just be myself, you know, stick to stick to the, the plan. It will all work out, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing, you know? And like, it doesn't go past me either that some of my most uh, watched videos on TikTok are the ones where I go off on rants. I yeah. think, you know, it's like people, they just like to see something that's, I don't know, filled with passion or something that's outrageous that they haven't seen before. So like the ones where I'm giving you just- Great information and they can do decently well, but not really. But then I'll go on a rant about like fuck flat earthers and it's like a shit ton of views. So I don't know how this algorithm works. TikTok, I just, it's, and it changes all the goddamn time. So I feel like every so often I'm like, well, if my engagement drops, I know to just resort to a rant video because clearly that works. So I think it's kind of finding those like safety nets as well. You know what I mean? That's like unique to you. Yeah, that nobody else in your niche has done yet. So Uh yeah, trial and error.
0: (laughs) I love that advice. Now, why don't we jump in to some funny questions that my friend sent over that they would love to know how we uh, would respond to. So what do you personally think is more terrifying? Dark energy or dark matter?
1: Okay. That's cute. Uh, A cute question. Not in, sorry, not in a condescending way. It's just like, it's so cute because I'm like, I've never thought about that before. And I love when people just ask space questions. Um, I would definitely say dark energy because that's what's probably going to be the death of the universe as scientists theorize uh, in an unfathomable amount of time from now. Like we can't even imagine those amount of zeros. So dark energy is what's Uh, causing the universe to expand and not only expand but accelerate meaning that it's expanding faster over time and the further away you look the further that space is moving away from you so that means that if it continues on this path eventually it'll overcome gravity and rip everything up so dark energy is certainly what we would fear the most out of the two but we're not going to be around to even like no life is gonna be around at the time where it just rips everything to shreds. But it would be a fascinating death though, because if yeah. if it goes to the point where it's accelerated like crazy, it'll literally rip apart everything, even the sub, even the atoms in your own body, it'll rip apart. So if you were alive and you're seeing this happen, like you would just shred to pieces, that's so trippy. Mm-hmm. So dark energy would be certainly the thing to fear the most, but we're not gonna be around when it happens anyway, so.
0: So are we going to be, do you think that we're going to have an opportunity to at least understand like some of the properties of this stuff while we're alive in the next 50 years?
1: I would think so. I know there are some initiatives for like dark matter, let's say. Uh, I forgot the name. There's like certain telescopes that solely focus on studying and understanding that, which is trippy. Because it's dark, meaning that it doesn't reflect light. So how do you see it? You just know it based on its effects on actual visible matter. Um, But I think more is known about dark matter than dark energy. Dark energy, I mean, they have a number, they're able to measure the expansion rate of it, but to understand it beyond that is just not, not quite there. I mean, it's a force but also why is it accelerating? And yeah, so, and the funny part is dark energy makes up majority of the universe, like 68% of it. So you can say that if there's so little known about dark energy, that means there's so little known about the universe because it makes up most of the universe. So visible matter like you or I are like four and a half percent stars, planets, everything we see set a tiny percentage of the whole universe. So ultimately we don't know much about the universe whatsoever, but I think within our lifetimes, we'll certainly know a lot more about dark matter, but I'm not sure about dark energy.
0: Love it, guys, and for everybody listening right now, that is why we love space because exactly. there's so much unknown. It's incredible. Yes.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Now, another fun question. Would you rather find a fully developed alien civilization or a primitive form of life?
1: Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's cool. Uh, Another cool question, cute question. Um, I would say I would wanna, I think I'd be more fascinated by an advanced one just because the implications of what that would mean and the technology they'd be able to have, what they could teach us depending on their hostility level. Um, And then also I think it would give us more understanding of the history of the universe because this species was able to evolve to that point of advancement. Let's say like so much more advanced than us that they've colonized maybe their whole solar system and beyond Uh, that would really help us to understand history of our universe because it would make us see that life was able to form much earlier than we thought right so i think finding an advanced civilization would be more fascinating in the other sense like a primitive one would be cool too because it would be like an earlier a newer star system but to oh. me finding someone that's way more advanced than this and then maybe allowing them to help us in our shit because we suck. <laughs> I, I would hope if they're friendly, we could actually learn from them. But also because I am cynical, if they were very hostile and they destroyed us, I wouldn't mind that either.
0: <laughs> uh, Just sorry. let the animal
1: lives. But you can get rid of us. That's fine.
0: <laughs> I'm so happy you said something about like the hostile nature of it because when I answer this question, yeah, obviously if they're going to be nice to us and show us how they made, you know, the uh, the the gravity uh, altering machines that they use, yeah, I would love mm-hmm. that. But if they're going to put us in cages like we would do to animals, absolutely not.
1: Right, exactly, and that's certainly something to take into account. And I know Stephen Hawking, obviously before he passed, has said as well, like he's skeptical about actually finding advanced life out there because, you know, when you look at our track record, they could very much well be the same of wanting to uh, like Christopher Columbus us (laughs) and take over. So it's so certainly a possibility.
0: So I have to ask you just while we're on this topic, and I didn't even write this down. So we're we're going off the grid here right now. Is there intelligent life living and breathing somewhere in the universe or are they dead or have they not been born yet?
1: Right. And literally all of the above. Um, one of my like most viewed videos, obviously also whenever you talk about aliens, people jump onto that shit. They right. just like to like, they just like shit like that. <laughs> well, one of my videos I gave 10 reasons why if, if advanced civilizations live, why they haven't contacted us yet. It's a great video. It's just, I mean, as in the sense of like all the reasons it's like either we are so insignificant that they literally we're like ants to them. And like, oh. if you're walking through a field and you see an anthill, you don't, you don't fuck with it. Like, you're like, it's fine. So we could be that to them. Um, or there is an idea that maybe we're among the first, you know, when you think about it, the universe hasn't been around like super long. We say roughly about 14 billion years. So maybe only conditions now have become right for life to advance to at least the level we've become advanced to. Um, so maybe we're among the first, and that means if there's other life out there who are at the same level, we're all having a hard time contacting each other, Um, or maybe we're insignificant, or maybe we are the most advanced so far, and we just got lucky, and finding life is actually quite difficult, but I do believe, almost without a doubt, that life has to exist out there, because the probability, like, to think that we're the only ones would be absurd even within our own galaxy that would be absurd no. where is everybody well maybe we're all again stuck at the same level of technology but to think we're alone that would just be like i can't even fathom that
0: <laughs> so. I, I don't think it makes sense to say that you know what I mean? right
1: exactly That's
0: awesome I love that answer too. Well, thank you so much for coming by the space with Spoh show of today. Of so fun talking and chopping it up. So now what do you got on the calendar? What's coming up? Do you have anything you want to plug or do you have any big projects coming up that you like the people to head over and show you some support on?
1: Oh yeah. That's so kind. Well, uh, like the acting stuff is random. It comes, it it's going to come here and there, but in terms of like the social media space world, uh, there is people have requested on my TikToks that I start a podcast where it would just be long form of what I do already uh, and delving more into subjects. So that's actually in the works and I have some producers attached. So whenever that actually gets into fruition, um, that would be something I would love for people to tune into. And there would probably be a video and aspect of it as well. But this is something I've been mentioning since January. So it's taking a time and like, I have no patience, which you need in this industry. So as we speak, like this week, my producer has meetings with people. So at this point we just have to wait, but there will be some kind of long form podcast coming out soon. So yeah.
0: That is incredible to hear my advice. Do it. We want the podcast. Thank you. I appreciate that. Make the merch too, as soon as you can. We all want to buy the merch, you know, we want to be representing and everything.
1: That's so kind. Thank you. I honestly, and as I've learned, merch is more than half the game. That's like where people <laughs> make their money. So I certainly that's in the works and uh, no, that's very kind of you to ask. So hopefully it'll happen. And the thing is too, if in the end, nobody wants to buy it, fuck it. You just launch a shit on your own. You can't nope. sit around and wait for everybody to make your shit happen for you. So got it, especially in this day and age where your business is on your phone, you got to make these things happen for you. So if nobody wants to take it, I couldn't care less and I will just launch it on my own.
0: And again, we will be there to support you, I promise.
1: Thank you. So kind. I appreciate that.
0: Thank you so much again. We hope you have a great day. Now that you have been on the podcast, you can come on anytime you like. Come on. We'll talk about any recent news coming on. And once again, thank you so much.
1: Of course. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Space with Spo show. Today is Thursday, March 18th. Thank you guys for the birthday wishes. You're probably wondering why I'm wearing the same sweatshirt as last week because some guy stole my new merch right out of my mailbox. I'm not even mad, he got a fire black sweatshirt. Anyway, I got a great episode for y'all today. Y'all know what time it is. What's good in space? I'm sure most of y'all know what the Starship is by now, and if you don't, it's SpaceX's newest, reusable, massive rocket and spacecraft that will eventually take humans and cargo to the moon, Mars, and beyond. So for some quick background, Elon Musk went rocket shopping like 15 years ago, and he realized that the prices were too expensive to buy a rocket, so he decided to make his own, and that is Starship. It's a stainless steel, reusable rocket and spaceship that towers over the Statue of Liberty. I mean, this thing is huge. Rockets and spaceships need to be tested hundreds of times before they even reach orbit. Now, having said that, SpaceX is pretty transparent about their test flights and their mission. They live stream everything from satellite launches to Starship test flights, and thousands of people around the world tune in to watch it because they wanna get off the planet, and I don't blame them. So the prototypes for Starship right now are called SN1, and they go all the way up to its latest test flight, SN10. So the first couple prototypes they didn't really go out so well. At the end of the day, you gotta give it up for SpaceX cause they got massive balls and they are definitely not afraid to fail and try again in the public eye. It's crazy, they test one after the other faster than anything we have ever seen before. It's a very similar situation to Wiz Khalifa and his smoking habits. Wiz is always smoking one joint in his hand but he's got a hundred pre-rolled in the bag ready to go. And he ain't even finished with the first one yet. SpaceX is just running the goddamn football down the space industry's throat. Now, the only downside of these live streams is the unpredictability of spaceflight. When you're dealing with spaceflight, shit gets postponed, shit gets canceled all the time. There'll be like a cloud like 80 miles away and they'll be like, going off. If a prototype for Starship is planned to try and launch on a Thursday at two o'clock, you might not see that launch for another three weeks. You'll be waiting on the live stream until you're dead. So, while space fans sit in these live streams they have decided to create a new term or slogan to spam the chat and that is hashtag when hop. every second of every day you got spacex fans just spamming when hop, when hop, when hop. It pretty much means exactly what it says. When will it do its hop test? When will this prototype hop in the air? You bet your ass I join that fun all the time. When hop, when hop. Elon tweets about like eating a cheeseburger. Hey, nice man, when hop. All right, so let's talk about SN10, which is the latest Starship prototype that happened on March 3rd. So y'all recently voted on SN10 and most of you guys said it was gonna stick to landing. Haha, <laughs> that's funny. The new footage release of Starship attempting to land is absolutely bananas. It doesn't look real, it looks like CGI, but it's a thousand percent real. So this thing went up like six miles in the air, did a belly flop, it landed, everybody celebrated, turned their cameras off and then Bang, that shit exploded. It was kind of like when you had too many beers at night before you go to bed and you convince yourself like, okay, I'm in the clear, I'm not gonna piss myself. And then you wake up in a puddle of piss. It's like, what the hell, man? I thought we were good. Okay, so the most important part of this whole Starship operation is the cost. Starship plans to drop the cost of space travel by like, millions like hundreds of millions of dollars elon musk is playing fruit ninja with the cost of space travel as of right now the only problem that i really have is that it's named starship and it's not really going to stars meaning this thing isn't going to alpha Centauri yet i mean thinking about it it should honestly be called planet ship or the solar system transporter of the people for the people with the people why don't we go back to planet ship When the starship is finally done and all the test flights are completed, this thing is not only gonna change life in space, but back here on earth too. Hey Delta, why don't you go and grab some bench? This thing is gonna get me to Las Vegas in like 10 minutes. Imagine taking off in a starship at LaGuardia. I'm gonna be so hyped up to ride this starship. I have a feeling it's gonna be kind of like riding the King Ka. I don't know how many of you guys have had the chance to ride this thing, but I think this is the closest we're going to get to experiencing what a spaceship feels like. Okay, so as of right now, there is a goal for the Starship to reach orbit by the end of 2021, which is incredible. The ultimate vision is to have a million people on Mars by 2050. Elon is literally giving us life insurance. You cannot put all your eggs in one basket. You don't believe me? as the dinosaurs. So this starship has got to continue to do these tests like a hundred more times before it would be ready for a crew. So now remember, anytime you see a SpaceX crash or a SpaceX fuck up, remember, these failures ultimately lead to learning and moving forward. So shout out to SpaceX and Elon Musk for changing the world forever. All I gotta say, when hop. Look up, bitch. All right, welcome back to the Look Up Bitch segment. As winter is slowly coming to an end and summer is almost here, I got some sky-watching news. Tomorrow night, Friday night, around 7.30 p.m., you will see the moon and Mars Right next to each other. Mars will be looking like a little snack on the top right side of the moon. As of right now, there's no big updates with Percy the rover. She has not found life yet. But she has started moving and is leaving behind tracks. So I'll keep you guys posted. So yeah, tomorrow night when you look up at the moon, look to the right of it. You will see Mars. It is beautiful. If you happen to get a good photo of it, send it over to me and i love to repost it. So enjoy.
1: Attention passengers, we are now down to Earth.
0: All right, Johnny, thank you for tuning in this week. So that's it for today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you like this video, give it a thumbs up. It would motivate the shit out of me. I'll see you this weekend. Peace.